Welcome aboard! We will be your guides during this magical journey into the movies. It's the perfect job for us because we love the movies. It's showtime! Ready when you are, CB! Action! Welcome to Monoreal Radio episode number 213. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are here this week to discuss the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Because nothing says Christmas like the Guardians. I mean, we wanted to do a rewatch of National Treasure in prep for the series coming to Disney+, Plus, but we would be remiss not to do a holiday movie, and gosh, this was just the perfect one for us. I was so excited when they announced this, because by and large, I really like what they've done with the MCU in regards to their television shows. And I found it very interesting that this television show is what they were using as the vehicle to conclude stage four. Right. So I was really, really excited about it. I love Guardians. I love James Gunn. We don't have a lot of time left with James Gunn because he is moving on to DC. So with all of that being said, I'm just like... I'm just trying to soak in all of the Guardians that I can. And I think that Guardians is so tongue-in-cheek to begin with. Giving them a holiday special, I think that they know who their audience is. And because everything that they've done with Guardians specifically has just been so good, I was so excited to finally sit and watch this one. I agree. I was trying to think if there was another hero that I would have picked to do a Christmas special and like, would it be nice to see like a flashback of maybe Tony and Pepper celebrating at the cabin upstate? Sure. Could you do it with Spider-Man and would it be just as funny? Probably. But this is just perfection. I remember hearing about it and I was excited. Then I learned what the premise of it was with Kevin Bacon. And as soon as I saw the teaser for it, I was I was already hooked. So did the special live up to our expectations? Is there such thing as too much of a good thing? That, on top of many other things, is what we are here to discuss today. This episode is sponsored by the Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Products include Disney and Pixar-inspired 3D straw charms, ornaments, and personalized photo nightlights. Listeners of Monoreal can get a 10% discount with the code MONOREAL10 at checkout. Visit Hidden Mickey Supply Co. on Instagram and Etsy to stay up to date on all of the new releases. In a flashback, we see Yondu destroy a Christmas celebration that Quill and Craglin had put together. Years later, Quill is depressed by the loss of Gamora, so Mantis, who reveals that she is in fact Quill's sister, decides to throw him a Christmas to improve his mood. Drax suggests giving Quill Kevin Bacon as a Christmas gift, so they fly to Hollywood to find him. After sightseeing and drinking, they use a star map to find Kevin Bacon's home. Kevin Bacon refuses to go with them. By the way, I am just going to refer to him as Kevin Bacon the whole time. Kevin Bacon refuses to go with them, leading Drax and Mantis to fight off the police and put Kevin Bacon under a spell and a trance. Mantis uses her powers, convincing him to go with them. Drax and Mantis are disappointed when they learn that the legendary Kevin Bacon is an actor and uh, ask him to act like a real hero, but a version of himself that doesn't suck 
as they ask him <laughs> to do. On Nowhere, Quill is surprised with a Christmas celebration, which is quickly ruined when he realizes that they have kidnapped the legendary Kevin Bacon. Mantis takes Kevin Bacon out of his trance, and Craglin tells Kevin Bacon how much he means to Peter and how all of this was done to give Quill a great Christmas. So Kevin Bacon has a change of heart and performs a song with the band on Nowhere while everyone exchanges gifts. Kevin Bacon then returns home, and Mantis tells Quill that she is his sister, while Quill reveals that Yondu didn't ruin Christmas, as he eventually did exchange gifts with Quill. Quill had gifted Yondu one of the trinkets for his console, and Yondu had gifted Quill his blasters that we have seen in every film. Okay. Before we get into it... yeah. I want to start off by saying how surprising it was with the reveals because they are telling us a lot of setup and information that is going to be important to know for the final installment for Guardians Volume 3. Yeah. And really just pieces of information that are important to the MCU. For sure. And and I'm, that's why I was so surprised that they use this as a vehicle to close phase four but I think for all of the things that they did do I think it was actually brilliant because I think they knew everybody was going to want to watch this anyway so this special carries a lot more weight than any of us thought when we initially heard that they were doing this exactly especially because it was a Disney plus exclusive if people aren't watching it like if they think it's just gonna be like isolated to a Christmas film and it's just characters we know celebrating almost like you would a Muppets or something. Right. Um, I'm surprised that they would have such important information buried in here because this is obviously all canon and we are going to need to know. I thought though that Black Panther was the final installment for phase four. Cinematically. This is actually what closes the phase. Okay, see, I actually didn't know that. Right, and like, they, Hawkeye was, it was a series about Hawkeye, but it was kind of a Christmas show because it took place in Manhattan on Christmas. This is just a straight Christmas special. And they give that really brilliant Marvel open. I love how they continue to play with the Marvel open. Yes. But doing it as a Christmas Marvel open just hit you in all the feels from the start. But I love that they never deviate too far. They still give us all of the characters that we want to see and they just make it special to that film. Because sometimes even with the Disney Castle open, sometimes it's like too much. Yeah, I agree with that. And too already like brought into the world and it's not enough of what the logo is on its own. Marvel gives you everything you want to see, and then they'll do like a little twist on it. Yeah. Let's talk about the flashback at the beginning. Yondu! Happy to see Yondu back. Always need more Yondu. But what I love about this is that it feels old school. This feels like an old Christmas special. So, I mean, this is what I kind of like led this conversation off with. James Gunn gets it. Marvel gets it. So to go in this direction and to make it something like I feel like people have a visceral reaction to this because it feels like something you've watched your whole life because it sort of is. I'm really glad that you bring this up because I feel like a lot of people would have that gripe like what? This is the best animation that Disney can do? Well, 
yes, it is Marvel, but I mean, you assume that it's going to be Disney animators on it, even if it is computer generated. Right. But I feel like people would be surprised to see this coming from Disney, especially because some of the lip movements are out of sync. But that's what it was back then. Every Christmas special that I grew up with that I can think of had that this exact look about it. What I also really like that it does is that it really gives us a reason that Peter is no longer celebrating and not just that he left earth behind and he has assimilated as a ravenger. Um, And Yondu is sort of dismissing his old life. Yondu makes a point of saying what a ravenger gets, he works for. Yes. I love this. So, it's a whole new belief system and it's not just like you're not there anymore and we're not doing it. There's there's a lot of reasoning behind it. And it's not just that, but obviously Peter at that point, he's learned something about what it is to be a Ravager. But I think he's also so hurt by the idea, at least this is what we believe. He's so hurt by the idea that he's willing to abandon Christmas because you've seen the... Uh, You've seen the hardened person who had a Christmas ruined as a kid, whether it be kneel in the Santa Claus or throw a dart at any of the characters in a Hallmark movie. You've seen it done so many times. So this almost becomes a trope, but they do it in such a way here that it is so unique and is so integral to the build of this character that it is so different from anything that we have seen. I also really like what it does for Craglin that he was trying to help Peter celebrate and let the kid be the be a kid. Right. But that's the thing now, like with with Yandu gone, Craglin is going to become a much bigger part of this. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a good way of elevating him into that role. It was really a baton pass, yeah. For sure. But now we're in present day I would watch an entire series, just Rocket and Cosmo hanging out. I love this intro. It's fantastic. We also get a really big piece of information here that they have bought Nowhere from the Collector. And I think that's probably going to largely play into the plot of what is to come. For sure. And then Quill kind of has this moment where Christmas is thrown in his face again. I know usually we go over the plot and then we'll talk about the songs after, but there's only two songs in the film and they're kind of important to the plot. So I'd yes. say we're just going to mention them now. Christmas time is here. The old 97s in makeup sing this song. This song is everything. Yeah. It. It, it's so interesting. Well, I mean, it's jarring for the Guardians universe that they would do an original song because James Gunn's soundtrack are always impeccable. So I was really surprised that they went for an original. But at the same time, they just did such a great job with the composition. It feels like a song that you've been listening to for 30 years. And it's a song that I think we are going to be listening to 30 years from now. I'm not sure that commercial radio is going to pick up on it. <laughs> Because I don't think that you want to have Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer into the song that sings about Santa with his flamethrower. Or Mrs. Claus working the pole. But the whole thing is tongue-in-cheek. It works for the universe. The style of music, the rock style works for the universe. Quill's reaction for the, the entire time is just spectacular. I was actually wondering if they even told Chris Pratt what was going to happen or if James Gunn just was like, all right, you can go to set now. They're going to play a song and just react to it. Disagree. 
but the words can be your own. Yeah. And just let him go. Um, and I also love the idea that this band learned what Christmas was via a game of telephone. And they're saying that, well, Rocket told Drax, told Mantis, and that's why they have pieced together this horrible idea of what Christmas is. And at the same time, some of it does still work. Yeah. And Groot. I love how excited Groot is and how into it he is. And <laughs> he is still just rocking out. Like a metalhead. I also love that this version of Groot looks like TMNT. Yeah. But like does. 90s TMNT. It looks like when the Henson company did the, those animatronics. Yeah. Um, I love the motive here for Mantis. Yes. This is a huge, huge piece of plot here that Mantis is in fact Peter's sister. I mean, it's his half-sister, but it is his sister. They're siblings. I think to the point you made earlier, this is going to play a major role in the MCU moving forward. Now that we've seen the Guardians trailer, I'll be honest with you, I had said that I believe that we lose Rocket in Guardians Volume 3, but wouldn't it be something if we lose Mantis? Without the context, you could see where immediately you think it's Rocket, but what would it be like for Peter to lose his sister, the only family he's got left? Well... I, I'm get out of my head, man, because I'm still trying to debate if I think it's a good idea that she is the half sister or not. Because to me, I feel like the idea of chosen family is so much stronger because you have I mean, that's what the Guardians is, right? It's this ragtag bunch that have lost everything and they decide that they are going to fight for each other and they are going to become a family and they will never explicitly say that they love each other and how much they care about each other. But I feel like that's almost a stronger bond than a blood relative. Um, and you already had the sister dynamic of Gamora and Nebula. So I don't know that we needed another sibling coming into play, but it definitely doesn't affect this story nearly as much as I'm sure what it is setting up. But for this story, it is perfect that Mantis does feel responsible for being the one to give Quill a Merry Christmas. And I love this buddy film that you get with Mantis and Drax because they are some of the best parts of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So to send the two of them off together on this adventure, as far as chemistry, it's great. As far as comedy, it's perfection. It really is. And that was something that... I was a little bit concerned about when I realized that Drax was going to be the one to team up with her to go kidnap Kevin Bacon. Um, as funny as that premise is, Mantis and Drax are so wonderful, but they're great as side characters. I was like, what is going to happen when they become the mains for this movie? And I really thought it was going to get old. It never does. It's absolute perfection. We get them to Hollywood. Right on Hollywood Boulevard. On Hollywood. Steve! Because she doesn't know that these characters exist, that people pay 10 and $15 to take photographs with replicas on Hollywood Boulevard. These I'd hardly types. call them replicas. In this film, they look like replicas. But if you really go to Hollywood Boulevard, they look like the Avengers on Wish. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But I I love everything that they do here. I love putting them 
in and out of the tourist trap. I love putting them into the bar. Putting them into the bar with the Christmas music. Even just the fact that they get the money. Like, it's funny enough to see them interacting with the Avengers that they know. But then they start racking up money for it and they take it one step further by using that money for booze. It's so good. The two of them drunk together dancing to the waitresses is just fantastic. Palm Clementine specifically in this scene. She's dancing. She's backing it up. She looks like she's having the time of her life. Yeah, I'm really excited to see where her character goes. Hopefully they don't kill her off in volume three. But if they do, they do. I'm I'm excited to see where they go with this character moving forward. And every time... Because they're both literal, right? That That's the thing about yes. these two characters. They are both completely literal. Them referring to him, no matter to whom it is they're speaking to, as the legendary <laughs> Kevin Bacon, it should get old. It does not get old at all. No, and this kidnapping scene is so hilarious. This is where I really thought the shtick was going to collapse and it just never does. The stealing the lawn ornaments, Drax wanting to hold on to this elf, the whole thing is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the snatch and grab is great. The elf is hysterical. When they eventually do get a grasp of Kevin Bacon and they go into the Christmas store and Drax has the ugly Christmas sweater, but of course he picks the one that we've all seen (laughs) that has the cat with the lasers out of its eyes, which we've all, we all have that friend that like you just look at it and you laugh, but it makes sense that he would do it because he is so literal that this is what he thinks a cat would really do. Of course. And then once we get a second to breathe, when they get Kevin Bacon onto the ship and they're bringing him back to nowhere. The comedy in this scene is still on par with the kidnapping, even though there's not a lot of action. Just the realization that Kevin Bacon is an actor telling him that he sucks. What a great sport. Yeah. That whole scene is great. He plays it off so well. The two of them, actors are repugnant. Like like (laughs) everything about it is so funny and this is where it's like thank god kevin bacon was down to do this because the other actor that peter always talks about is david hasselhoff yeah would he have done this absolutely oh yeah he would have would it have been as funny i don't think so because (laughs) kevin bacon is getting humbled if you're trying to humble david hasselhoff he already knows he's in on the joke yeah so this this was just fantastic. When we get back to nowhere for this Christmas celebration, and I understand that a good portion of this, of course, is CGI, but you can't tell because it's good CGI. The Christmas set on nowhere. It's beautiful. I would love to see this as an overlay in the park somewhere. I was just thinking that it would be the only acceptable thing that could ever replace the Osborne Light Show. Yeah. And the the continuation of the jokes that Kevin Bacon doesn't suck, he's the best, we really love him, is almost as good as Quill's reaction when he opens that box and out comes Kevin Bacon, who is under a trance. So he's not really excited to be there, but he looks like he is. And how Drax is just taking uh, responsibility for human trafficking. Like, <laughs> this whole thing is incredible. 
I also love that it immediately goes to Peter snapping to and being the responsible one. Like there was no, oh my God, I can't believe it's Kevin Bacon moment. He didn't fanboy. And I think it speaks to the state of what Peter has been through at yeah. this point. Yeah, it, it, it has. And the fact that he could have fanboyed and it would have been funny and he would have like eventually had the realization, but the fact that he of all people is the voice of reason here. Yes. And how their reaction goes from, yeah, isn't it great to like utter disbelief and shock and disappointment that he's not enjoying his Christmas gift. And then Groot turns like he's like, he knew it was a bad idea the whole time. I love it. I love everything about it. Um, then Kevin Bacon runs off, but because it's a Christmas special and you're you're trying to get in and out, I think it has a runtime of 42 minutes. They don't waste time watching everybody chase him. The next thing you know, Kevin Bacon is walking away with Craglin, and you have a great Craglin scene. Sean Gunn is probably, other than Kevin Bacon... I think the person that's not going to get enough credit in this television show is Sean Gunn. I love this scene. I love the idea of Craglin trying to level with him. I love that, you know, he does try and smooth all of this over with Kevin Bacon that Peter looked up to him and that, you know, he was robbed of his childhood. And then, in a in a way that should seem completely outlandish he does manage to parallel peter's story with what kevin bacon did in footloose and he makes it all work and actually it gave me such a greater appreciation for guardians one because that was one of the things that i called it on it is the only thing that i at the time didn't love about that movie and i was like this comes down to a dance-off with ronan are you kidding me but that's why because this is all peter knows it was his before you know, they they started getting involved with Thor and the Avengers. That was Peter's limited understanding of how the world works or how the galaxy works. And that was all he knew, knew to do. So having Kraglin spell it out this time around that because he loved Kevin Bacon, that's why he chose to save the galaxy and distract Ronan with a dance. It, it's so brilliant. It is. Then you get Kevin Bacon with his change of heart now. He's going to give Quill and the people of nowhere, at least for a short moment, a nice Christmas celebration. And he performs the song, All I Want Is You for Christmas, with the old 97s. Kevin Bacon can rock. Kevin Bacon was excellent. Well, I think he does have a band. But I I mean, I've never heard them. No, well, um, they they do like small venue shows because... I believe he came to the Paramount, which was a small venue on Long Island that I used to work at. Um, they actually just got rated the number one venue in ticket sales, which was pretty exciting. But anyway, um, Kevin Costner and his band came there. But it was all these actors that, you know, they're not doing so many movies. Um, so they can take on all these side projects. And I believe he has a band and I can't for the life of me think what they're called. But he, he came there. He was really good, though. The song is great. The performance is great. But it's about the gift exchange. I hate that the song kind of gets buried by this gift exchange because 
It is so funny. Everything about it. But the the best part by far is when Nebula gives yeah. Rocket yeah. Bucky's arm. Rocket has taken a guy's leg <laughs> and now he's got Bucky's arm. And none of us know how she got it. I, that's what I was going to say. I'm dying to know how she got it. But also what I love is that, you know, unknowingly, Drax and Mantis brought the spirit of Christmas to nowhere. They were just trying to give Peter a nice holiday. And in turn, thanks to Kevin Bacon, they managed to teach everyone what Christmas is all about and the spirit of giving. So the fact that Nebula knows how much this would mean to Rocket, that she's welling up, that he wells up, it it's just wonderful. And then I love that Groot gives everyone these little um, sculptures of exactly what the story was that we've just seen. And then the end is Kraglin and it's like a Russian doll of him opening the gift. And then there's another it just little keeps Kraglin. opening the gift. I absolutely love how Peter then reveals to Mantis that Kraglin didn't have the whole story and that we now have an origin. And here's like, I never thought, I need to know where the blasters come from. I need to know where the trinkets on the console come from. I was just happy living about my life, not knowing where they came from because it didn't matter. And that's what makes Guardians of the Mm -hmm. Galaxy and James Gunn so brilliant. They took something that doesn't matter and they made it matter. Right. They didn't introduce a new idea. They didn't do something that we've never seen before, don't have backstory on, and try to make it seem significant, they took something that was insignificant and gave it a purpose. And it just works. I also love that we get another moment of Yandu being a total softy. Yeah, because unfortunately, we're just not going to have a lot of them moving forward. The scene with Mantis and Quill at the very end, when he tells her that, Finding out that he's got a sister is the greatest Christmas gift of all. Is the line cheesy? Of course it is. But it's also truthful. I love how the film or the special, I love how it concludes. I also think that in order to have that moment, that's why they didn't have him fanboy over Kevin Bacon earlier. Because you do get that, you know, the Grinch's heart grew three sizes moment. For sure. Final thoughts on the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Uh, It's perfect. It's exactly what I wanted it to be. Uh, The story is really solid. The comedy is absolutely spectacular. Uh, And they wrote some new bops for it. It's amazing. It's a new staple. For sure, this is something that is so easily digestible that you could watch it a couple of times a year leading up to the holidays. It's so good you could watch it after the holidays. You could watch it 4th of July weekend, and it doesn't matter. I will. I I absolutely loved it, and you know what? I want more like this. I've said it before. Marvel just knows how to make a television show for Disney+, and I would love to see them do more specials like this. And in in the case of Guardians of the Galaxy specifically, I am now a believer that there is no such thing as too much of a good thing. This is where they really hit the sweet spot. This, Werewolf in London, have been 
You mean I, Werewolf by Night? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Werewolf by Night. Um, they've been better, I think, than any of the six-part series. And I mean, you and I don't love Loki. We did really like WandaVision. We loved Hawkeye. But I feel like those six-parters have been so hit or miss. This is the sweet spot. The For hour sure. long. For sure. And we want to know what you have to say about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. You can let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Monoreal Radio, or you can email us monorealradio at gmail.com. News of the week is coming up, but first, a quick break. If you're thinking of booking a trip to a Disney destination, you have to contact Jackie Zalezi from Magical Vacation Planner. My husband and I recently celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary and wanted to go on a trip, just the two of us. Jackie suggested Disneyland, knowing we'd never been and I had been dreaming of going. I am so thankful for her suggestion, as it was the most magical way to celebrate. Jackie got us a fantastic deal, but still constantly check for discounts to make sure we are guaranteed the lowest price. Having recently visited Disneyland, she was a great source for helpful information and had suggestions for everything, including meals, Max Pass, even places to visit in Los Angeles on our non-park day. Upon arrival at our hotel, we experienced the easiest check-in because Jackie had taken care of everything. Throughout our trip, Jackie was in constant contact, making sure we had everything we needed and answering any questions we had. Our vacation was perfect. All thanks to Jackie Zalezi from Magical Vacation Planner. So if you would like completely free assistance planning your Disney vacation, you can get in touch with me through any of our social media outlets at Monoreal Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you can email me directly at j.zalezi, that's Z-O-L-E-Z-Z-I at MagicalVacationPlanner.com. Hi, this is Kelly from Carmen Kismet, your official Monorail news sponsor, and I am very excited to throw it over to Sean and Jackie to talk all about the Disney news, but before I do that, I want to make sure that I share with you guys where you can check out all of my Disney-inspired art at karmaandkismetdesigns.com. Don't forget that listeners of the show get a 10% discount with the code MONOREAL10 at checkout to see that everything that Kelly has to offer, her services, her work, it is online at karmaandkismetdesigns.com. That's karma, the letter N, kismetdesigns.com. Disney is giving us another Christmas gift on Christmas. well, on Disney Plus, the week of Christmas, we've kind of gotten accustomed to this the last few years where they they drop something on Christmas, uh, something becomes an early release on Christmas, and a lot of that was COVID-19 related. In this case, it's the film didn't do very well in the box office, so let's just put it to Disney Plus. Uh, Strange World is coming to Disney Plus on December 23rd. I'm not getting into why the film didn't do well. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to share an opinion. But I am glad to see that in the time-honored tradition, because if you think about how long Disney Plus has been around, we've kind of consistently gotten that Disney film release the week of Christmas. Or a Pixar film release. But now they're going to put one of their own up. I'm glad that they're doing that, and I'm kind of glad that, like, something that opened in the beginning of November, movies don't last in theaters the way that they used to anymore because everything is, okay, get it to streaming, get it on digital, get it on Blu-ray. Like, movies used to last three, four, five. I mean, Star Wars, given it was 1977, there was no such thing as home video, but that was in the movie theaters for over a year. You know, like, those days are long gone. So I think at this point, hey, you know what? It's gone. It's not going to make any more money. Put it on Disney+. Plus. Give it a second life. 
give it a new audience. I like that this is what they've decided to do with this film. No, and I hope that is what happens. I hope it gets a second life because there is a really strong message in this film and it is going to get buried because people are afraid to check it out. Well, we want to know what you have to say about Strange World going to Disney+. Plus. Are you going to see it for the first time on Disney Plus, or did you go see it in the movie theaters? You can let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Monoreal Radio, or you can email us monorealradio at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for joining us this and every week on Monoreal Radio. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate us on Verbal or your podcast platform of choice. We just gave you the email address. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Monoreal Radio. We will be back next week with our year in review But we would like to take this opportunity to say that if you celebrate the holiday, have a very safe and merry Christmas from us to you. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. On behalf of Monoreal Radio, we'd like to thank you for joining us. We'll see you at the movies, the stuff dreams are made of.